people. Uh, I'm trying to be inc- alien to be who just has sounded down into under Earth and is trying to fit in. Oh, like this island Earth. Uh, your composer Mozart. Our composer. He belongs to the world. Wow. Yeah, I gave the game away in the first second of this podcast. This is 372 pages. We'll never get back. I'm a human being named Michael J. Nelson, and with me, of course, is Connor Lestoka, who I trust is also partly human. That is correct. I, okay. sh- eyes are shifting around the house, uh, you know, like blinking a, sideways. Felix sure, the cat sure. clock, yes, but yes, but yeah, that would be a big. That'd be a long con. That's like a, you know, a, a losty and sort of reveal eighteen books into this podcast that that neither one of us are are, are humans. We're aliens. That would be sort of a. A final season desperation heave to stay relevant in the ratings. Uh, let's not rule it out, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, what if the whole thing is just, you know, what if, what if we're the aliens, man? Well, we should do that. We just this podcast was a dream, you know? right? Yes, a kid looking into a snow globe, yes, right? Yeah, there's there's things in his in his living room that remind him of all the books we've read. Yes, it's kind of like a uh, a good night moon story, but with just little elements of you know of all the books that we've read. Yeah, he's got a he's got a a, a rig where the bowl of mush would be. Um, yes, the, the the little old lady is whispering slut instead of hush for, <laughs> then, for the eye of Argon. Uh, <laughs> and then the last page is just uh, a shot of the long slender fingers of our, uh, <laughs> yes tucking him in. Yes. God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've established a little 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 verse here, the three seventy two verse, and we're adding another book to it today. It's it's uh, time to move on from Model Land with book eighteen. Book eighteen. Wow. Okay. Wow. It, it's Model Land was like seven books. So <laughs> truly, yes. <laughs> really, we're on twenty five or so. So book eighteen. It's moved on, uh, um, and we're 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 doing something, uh, you know, switching it up uh, in the way that we like to on this podcast of doing sort of a a longer, more established, you know, book that was mainstream, and now finding something something weirder, more more outsidery, uh, and fortunately a little shorter. <laughs> yeah, the I think the the length is going to excite people. I think everything about this book is going to excite people. Uh, it kind of came back onto our radar. It wasn't really, uh, it wasn't really out there as a as a first choice. It sort of uh, at, at the last, it got its nose in front of the other horses. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, which is it, it, exciting. But it has been mentioned in the same breath often as uh, Jim Tice. So I'm right, dangling yeah. that out. It's sort of a, a an, an outsider, um, but it's also a book that has. Uh, amused people throughout history i guess you could say people have have you know been rumored to do the same type of thing they did with jim tice where they 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 read it to each other to see who who can get as far as they can without laughing all right let's uh let's give a little peek behind the curtain here we're having some internet issues <laughs> we, we're actually yes. back yeah I, we, my uh, internet is doing the thing where uh, somehow just things come out in in drips from the from the faucet of the internet and uh, it decided that it was going to be be clogged, and the internet faucet bulged comically, and then like one drip came out um, as we were trying to do our last segment. It did the big build up of like uh, the bulging and trembling, and like the music was getting sort of tense, and then it went. And you were you were covering your face because it was going to explode with internet, and suddenly. 
Boy. A little, yes. Right. Okay. I think we could all picture that. Yes. So, uh, uh, what I was saying and what I might have actually said was that this book uh, was sort of a surprise finisher for us. Uh, And when I had said that previously, Connor's internet had died. So he just left me hanging. And I was saying, like, I mean, that's true, right? Right, exactly. And then I I panicked. and just disgusted. He didn't respond. And I was like, Connor? (laughs) (laughs) And I assumed the podcast was over and he'd left in disgust. But no, it was an internet problem. It would be the the long con where I would say I'm actually the the grandson of Jim Tice and this whole... This whole series of, of <laughs> things has been has been my revenge, and the the antidotes will be revealed after you complete a series of tasks. <laughs> wow, wow, we've got two good endings for this podcast uh, cooked up already. <laughs> right. That's that's a good one. Alien yes. and Jim uh, Tice's nephew, but, <laughs> um, but uh, it has been it has been compared to. I guess in your your fi- findings, you found people who have who have compared this author to to our man JT frequently paired with him and frequently i mean a handful of people i've seen podcasts and things about it right there's not a a harvard course being taught about these two like as a as a syllabus but there are other internet guys doing it well i i don't know about harvard we haven't combed (laughs) there right if not i'm going to petition for it yeah harvard if you're listening yes hit us up uh yeah so it is uh as you said a shorter book uh, not as short as a Jim Tice book, of course. But shorter uh, but, than uh, uh, yeah. Quilter's Push Back, I realized. Oh, I, I would assume, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it clocks in at like 37K, which is great. We'll be able to we'll be able to, to dive in deep, but it won't be uh, something that we're still doing at Christmas time, like Model Land sort of consumed our entire summer. You know, mm-hmm. the way that like the, uh, the, the Son of Sam can, consumed New York City for the summer of 1977. Okay. 77, yes, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we've compared Model Land to a lot of things. Actual Son of Sam killer. is a new one, sure. so that's, uh, that's, that's good. Put that on the list. Maybe for Model Land 2, she'll want to use that quote. Right. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, if, if we could make it onto a, an edition of a book, that would be fantastic. A pull quote? <laughs> Uh, so how long should we delay this? Well, I, the, the guy who complained that we delayed it too much, I think, has stopped listening to the podcast because we made fun oh, of okay. it. Um, but we can we can we can tell him now that the next book we're going to read, book eighteen, is going to be Irene Idleslay by Amanda McKittrick Ross. So right out of the gate, a bunch of hard words to say. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna dive right into it. <laughs> and I don't think that's uh that's gonna be something that just c- uh, confines itself to the author name and the title of the book. I, I believe that we're gonna be in for some uh, flowery pr- prose words that don't get used too much anymore. Possibly some alliteration. It's all based on the reputation. I haven't I haven't read uh, a word other than the first sentence of the book, but uh, that that alone was promising. Yes, and it is, uh, I didn't realize it. I think someone, you said it suggested it before a while ago. And yeah. I guess we had pa- passed it over. I, well, I mean, you know, people send in, people send in, in suggestions. And uh, this one was from years ago. I don't know if that person's still a listener. I, I can't call it up because of my bad internet. It's letting me record this, but not look at Gmail. But it also is, uh, <laughs> it's one of those books that shows up when you, when you look up um, you know the worst books of all time list. Like the the Wikipedia Wikipedia has a page for the worst books of all time, um, which includes uh, 
I think the Eye of Argon's on there. Uh, Irene Idelslay is also on there because it is an older book. It's I, I don't think it's the oldest book we've ever done because Lair of the White Worm by Bram Stoker, I believe, takes that crown. But it was published in 1897, and the author lived from uh, 1860 through ni- 1939. So it's... Right. It, it's a book that probably a lot of our current... Uh, presidents and senators and uh, congressmen read <laughs> when they were young yeah. so it's, it's it's that old yeah and it was it was it found a lot of admiration by you know the you know i, I guess the 372 pages uh, types of of its time like it was it was sort of a a infamous i guess is how you would put it but but various humorists uh, and notable authors knew about it somehow. It got it got sort of passed around in their circles. You know, the way that they describe someone as like a comedian's comedian type of thing. This was sort of someone that if you were in the know back then, you you, you would have picked up and, and showed to your other uh, uh, connoisseurs of, of so bad it's good literature. Yeah, I was just, it's similar to, I was just looking up the, uh, believe it or not, the Orson Welles, uh, Paul Masson outtakes, right? Le- <laughs> sure. Legendary. Oh, oh, the French champagne has always been. Uh, and I was curious about the how it got famous. How how did it get out? You know, because it was in the days when you know someone would have had to take the film and get it processed. Uh, well, it turns out the director did that. Oh, himself. And he only recently released like the pristine copies because it used to get passed around on copied and recopied VHSs. Right. Uh, but one of the fascinating things about it was that he showed up at the shoot going, we're in trouble. I can't do this. <laughs> and the direct the director said, everybody's here, man. We got to go. And uh, then he said, it's impossible. I just took a sleeping pill. Oh, God. And so... <laughs> and so they said, well, if you come in and do a take, then we can call you impaired and we get the insurance for the day. Huh. So so he sat down and those, apparently, according to this director, those were the three takes. Then they're just like, okay, let's go. Wow. We have, a, we have enough to file the insurance claim and we'll come back and finish this tomorrow. Wow. I guess it's, uh, you know, a stand-up thing that he did then to, you know, to help people out. But, man. Yes. And, well, it's also the sort uh, of anyways. thing that was like, well, people... Of course, won't be you know laughing about this in <laughs> in forty five years like that. No, this will absurd. disappear completely. Of like course, John Dacre type of thing. Yeah, so this this is one of those like Jim Tice. There were readings at uh, uh, conventions, sci fi conventions, to see how far people could get without laughing. Identical to this, yeah. but the Inklings would do it. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Tolkien and C. S. Lewis and et al. Uh, and uh, Mark Twain loved it. He called it one of the Huxley. greatest unintentionally humorous novels of all time. <laughs> and, Which made me excited. And can we reveal what you said about that? <laughs> well, you, well, you said we could, so you don't have to. Well, we were just talking about what to do here. And, uh, you know, you were like, well, you know, Mark Twain, uh, Mark Twain loved it. He found it hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you know, that was, that was 120 years ago. Is that... Is his judgment really going to hold up for like something that's funny today? And you essentially like you know it, this was over uh, over chat, but you, the, the spit take I think came through my computer as I as I questioned. I, I believe you called you know the greatest humorist of the twentieth century. Whether whether his sense of humor was 
<laughs> Literally has a humorous prize named after him. <laughs> the top, like invented American literature and humor. Yeah. Connor's like, yeah, I don't know. But, this, yeah, guy's, right. this guy's a hack. <laughs> I didn't say hack. I just said, well, you know, there's just there's things you might have thought were were funny. Um in the in the 1920s or whatever that might just be like oh that's that's more of a like you know hmm, kind of laugh today well that, that that's probably true of books from you know 20 years ago too yeah right almost model land where you could see stuff and still go like oh boy we don't do that anymore oh you know? yeah so. that's the thing things change you know just uh, just the way that you would you might watch uh, eddie murphy delirious and be like well that's a lot of things about that did not uh, hold up well. Um, you you might say the same thing about what these uh, what Aldous Huxley found funny. So, um, but i just but we're we're always going to have to deal with that. So we we can do it right exactly. But uh, I'm just saying that what those what the inklings passed around and 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 cracked them up to the point that they read. We'll we'll see if it's uh, if it's just as funny. Um, uh, <laughs> and if I can question uh, the, the, some of the greatest minds of, of literature as we do it, then so be it. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> but also the, uh, the, the way that it sort of got in front of them. So the story behind the book, um, and this is, this is all stuff that was in like a Smithsonian Magazine article from June 2009 that seems to be the main resource about this author, um, is that, uh, can we pause for a second? Yeah, I just have a. Uh, there's a call coming that might be Comcast. Hang on. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, just leave it running though. God damn it! Nope, not Comcast. Was it a... The Red no, Cross. Was it? They want my blood. Oh. Man, they are just like leeches. Once you give them blood, we can leave that in. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. But yeah, you, you, I mean, you give blood. You give blood once, and it's all of a sudden we want more blood. Give us more blood. Uh, you know. Leave me alone. Wow. <laughs> wow, there's another novel there. Right. I want more blood. All right. <laughs> but so they they the uh, way that it sort of got in front of these people, the book um was published <laughs> this is great. Uh I re- uh, Amanda's husband Andrew gave her the money to publish the book as a gift for their 10th anniversary. Which Yeah. So um, very Orson Wellesy Citizen Kane speaking of is that remember he yeah his wife financed uh, in the, the play the, or something or financed her to sing and she was terrible and so like wrote built a whole opera house wow her, all right and wrote wrote an opera and then she came out and everyone was like <clears throat> coughing into their handkerchiefs and he <laughs> that's the famous meme of him standing up and applauding oh nice you know oh he yeah. was the only one oh wow famous he was the only one amazing yeah. I so like- yeah very similar um yeah and it it then somehow got uh, in front of a a they describe him as a humorist whose name is Barry Payne, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I I did some research into him just because it sort of seems like he was probably like a you know Dave Barry of his time, um, you know just not as not as famous as you know as Dave Barry was, but like that that type of guy who would just like write essays and stuff. But some of his books were uh, in a Canadian canoe, the diary of a baby. This hey. char- <laughs> <laughs> that one you got to give it to that. One. I, I, right. I mean that's. I mean maybe book nineteen will be uh, will be that. But the, uh, yeah. the this charming green hat fair and the death of Maurice. 
which must have come as a major major downer to uh, to Steve Miller. But it's the, all of Barry Payne. Barry Payne has a Wikipedia page, but uh, none of those books do. So um, uh, Amanda, I'm going to keep calling her Irene. Amanda uh, has has one up on him there, but somehow I guess someone sent it to him, or he he you know picked it up from a stack of other books, and he sort of reviewed it and called it a thing that happens once in a million years. And he first said he found it entertaining, but eventually began to shrink before it in tears and terror. And that's uh, you know, from from there, it's it's you know got its way into in front of Mark Twain and C.S. Lewis. Was he uh, like a punch guy? You know the 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 endlessly published uh, humor magazine book Punch. Yeah, uh, possibly. I mean, that was. Now, you know, that's he what I'm thinking of, of, of humor back in the 1890s is what I'm... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you you must be a huge punch. Fan. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you have a shelf of your old collection of those. <laughs> I leave it out conspicuously for people to see when they come into the house. Oh, you haven't read Punch. Uh, yes. that's, um... But the, oh, the well, other thing so that's... Ab- which century would you like me to read from? <laughs> the absolutely best thing about it, though, is that Amanda... Uh, did not take criticism well. <laughs> she was maybe maybe the first recorded instance of of clapping back at the haters. And yeah, I was shocked by this. It's it's also pretty inspiring. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's and it's also just a ahead of her time because the way that she responded um, to these critics is just so identifiable in the way that a you know TikTok. Uh, star or like a real housewife would um, would these days. It has all the same hallmarks of of those tropes. <laughs> uh, she pretty much um, uh, says that she's not mad; they're mad. Um, mm-hmm. she, she says that they are um, like jealous, and says that that they like want to have sex with her. <laughs> she um, mm. uh, so that's that's that that's a um, a bold uh, a bold tactic that I would I, I can picture like a reality star like someone on the MTV Challenge saying, "Yeah, that's very modern." Yeah, Good for her. Uh, she she says that they um, that they the reason that they uh, think her book sucks is because they don't they're not smart enough to understand it. So that's a very um, that's a very sort of internety criticism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think she had, she challenges anyone to a debate but like if if it were possible you know like drive your wagon into town we'll we'll have a debate type of thing she would have done that and she would have made a series of videos back and forth with uh, Aldous Huxley or whatever <laughs> yes, right yeah Aldous Huxley still won't take my calls uh <laughs> But yeah, it's very, you know, it's very like internet forum-y. It's very, uh, you know, sort of like a, a Rick and Morty fan uh, type of thing. And and then oh, wow. she pulls one of our favorite things, which is the like, well, hey, like if my book sucks so much, how how, how do I make more money than you do? <laughs> Be- because yeah. she 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 wrote a, a, a foreword to her second novel, which is also an alliterative woman's name, Delina Delaney. And uh, she called the foreword "criticism of Barry Payne on Irene Idlesley." 
Wow. So it's it's like uh, on a Guns N' Roses uh, User Illusion 2 album, Axel does this. He has a song called Get in the Ring where he just calls out critics and challenges them to a fight. Uh, like people like uh, uh, Bob Guccione Jr. at Spin, uh, Mick Wall at Kerrang! And, you know, he, he it's, it's very similar. He says that, you know, Bob Guccione Jr. is upset because he doesn't get laid as much as his dad, you know, the penthouse publisher. The flowery words... Um, that I think we can come to expect in the novel are um, in her intro where she called Barry Payne a clay crab of corruption. So you've got some some sort of like, uh, you know, Senator Robert Byrd type of uh, type of insults there. Um, and said she cares nothing for the opinion of half-starved upstarts who don the garb of a shabby genteel and fain would freed the mind of the people with the worthless scraps of stolen fancies. <laughs> wow and then she goes on to say she talks about how she she has built her house with the money she made from the book and then says the million and one who thirst for aught that drops from my pen and predicted she would be talked about at the end of a thousand years so i mean you know proven right if not for the uh for the exact right reasons wow i mean it's got the bravado of uh i just did a a, a short classical mini on beethoven he used to do stuff like that. Like at the time, people would completely pan his, you know, like his fourth symphony or something. It's like garbage, a wretched pile of cacophony or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he'd go, well, it's not for you. <laughs> it's for generations to follow. Nice. Like, wow. Abs- that would not shrink away at all. Just absolutely knew. No, I'm I'm great. And you, <laughs> you will not be remembered. But to, to have that uh, confidence at the time. Like uh, like Irene here, sorry Amanda. Right, yeah, that's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and yeah, and it 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 has has proven out right because I looked it up and if you so the book is is public domain. We'll link to you know Project Gutenberg where you can download it or you can buy a paperback copy on Amazon from some clown who has put like the worst novelist in history on the cover um, for five bucks or whatever. But if you want to buy an actual copy that. You know, whatever press um, her husband funded for her as the anniversary gift, those are now selling for like eight hundred bucks, possibly even more. If you want to, if you want one of those out there, so uh, you know, the, the jokes on everyone who who laughed at her at the time, I guess. Yeah, she's going to. She thinks you're a clay crab of corruption. <laughs> is is a clay crab a thing? I'm, I'm yeah, I'm that, being stupid here. I don't know what that means. That could be a you know something like a political term at the time. She is Irish, so there's going to be some maybe a. Some some local 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 terms we don't understand, but you know that could be like a you know a, what what are some uh, well, political insults of the time? Who knows? When uh, I think when James Joyce wrote Ulysses, mm-hmm. uh, I hope I'm getting this right, but James Joyce book that uh, the only one there was only like one person in the world other than him who could understand what everything in it meant <laughs> and that was almost his goal it was like i i just want to make this so obscure well done sir but just but yeah but a lot of the the irish uh the irish stuff in it so um yeah, maybe she'll have that. Maybe it is great, and nobody has understood it. That's a possibility. <laughs> but also, once you start putting, you know, the worst novelist in history on the book cover, that starts to enter into like, all right, like <laughs> we've read some some pretty bad books on here, and could, um, you know, what would Twain have said about like Dwight David Thrash type of deal? Like we did the movie at Rift Tracks, Baby Ghost, recently, and they have a whole scene in there where a guy who was in Plan Nine from Outer Space. 
talks about Plan 9 from Outer Space for like 45 seconds in the movie. And I, I put in a line that was like, and and man, were people idiots when they called that the worst movie of all time? Because, you know, Plan 9 has, you know, lighting. Um, there's like, there's fog. You know, they had costumes. Like, it, it looks more like a movie than a lot of stuff we've seen that has come since it. So it's going to be interesting to see once there was no impediment to, you know, spending whatever, $5,000 in 1897 movie or, you know, 500 to get it published. Uh, how how things got worse once any guy could just upload something to Amazon about a, a CPA. Yeah, and it is strange that the the worst X of all time becomes a, a you know, a badge of honor. And especially it's it's foggy because, as we know, the worst movie of all time is a movie that no one would ever want to watch ever. Right. So it's a, it's a weird, you know, because it's boring, right. because you can't see it, because you can't hear it, whatever. And then, okay, that's worse. Right. But, so people don't really mean the worst, and I assume this is not the worst book ever written. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're right. We've, we've probably read worse than this. Yeah. There just used to be bars for entry that would mean like, well, you know, you had this amount of money to make a movie, so it's obviously going to be better than what some clown did after hours in an office building, um, you know, in, in three hours to do the whole thing. Like, it just is, it's not really even, the, the same words don't necessarily apply to a movie in the baby ghost sense and a movie in the Ed Wood or uh, Roger Corman sense. Right. As, as we said in the, uh, and I think it's, it's fair to talk this about books too, but the uh, uh, fungicide and baby ghost, uh, roller gator, I mean, there's no worse movie. Uh, there's as bad movies, right? right. But you, you can't really get worse and still call it a movie. I mean, there's there are things that are recorded on tape or film that are worse, I yes. guess. Right, yeah. But nothing is worse that is presented as, you know, that has credits and then people say things on, into microphones. And, you right. know what I mean? DVD box art and stuff like that. Yeah, you could have yes. you know, Andy Warhol's, you know, dog licking itself for two hours and that would be right. objectively worse. Yes. However... <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So we'll see if this is the worst book. I yeah. doubt it up front. Yeah, I do. I, I do as well. And um, at, at the very least, it has, you know, it has one fifth of the words of Shadow Moon. So that's going to be a, a point in its favor. Woohoo. Yes. Um, but- and we'll see if that slouch Twain has anything, uh, <laughs> anything to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, but we can have some uh, we can have some some t- some Twain offs maybe where we find uh, you, you can challenge me with some uh, Mark Twain humor and we'll see how that holds up throughout. Oh yes, make Connor laugh with Twain should be a challenge, <laughs> yeah, a new challenge. The reverse Irene Idleslay. Okay, all right, uh, I'll I'll get that ready. I look, that's a new department. All right, I'm stamping it right now. <laughs> Great. Uh, cool. Well, I hope everyone will uh, enjoy it and we'll put a uh, assignment up shortly. And thanks for all the support, everybody. We hope you enjoy uh, this next journey with us. Irene Idleslay by Amanda McKittrick Ross. And uh, this might be the last time you hear Connor unless uh, Comcast comes out and lends him a hand. Yeah, uh, or the otherwise... Red Cross kicks down my door and, uh, and drains me, <laughs> leaves me a des- desiccated husk on the floor of my office. He'll be sending uh, his thoughts to me on a scribbled notebook, and I will uh, try to get them to you somehow. But uh, either way, we'll see you for uh, Irene Idleslay. <laughs> so long. Bye. Ago.